it is with great privilege I welcome you to my podcast with your agony aunt, Lady Anna. Curtsy and bow my head. Here I discuss all matters of the world, providing sympathy for those in turmoil, provide guidance for those seeking wisdom or honour, and intrigue into scandals of society, where one interprets an event to make it seem favourable or beneficial to oneself or one's cause. Please make yourself comfortable. So as you may have noticed, I've started watching Bridgerton. <laughs> I'm very late to the party, but I can assure you I have caught up. I finished it in one day. Good heavens, I do believe one shall be surprised if they thought my voice couldn't get any posher. <laughs> All day I was literally being like, oh mother, we must go to the pantry and oh, let's have tea in the drawing room. Oh mama, we just must. Who'd have thought such decorum and high society standards would mean so much sex? Like, I'm an awkward little bean when these matters are on the screen at the best of times. But even more so when my mum comes in and is like, oh, look at that bum. <laughs> I was always just in such shock of the, the matters. <laughs> Honestly, I just, I would just gasp. I felt like I was losing my virtue just watching it. No wonder Daphne and Simon's romance was such a roller coaster, so entangled and back and forth, because they wouldn't bloody talk about anything. If they'd had a conversation about what they were thinking and how they were feeling, rather than just jumping each other's bones all the time, they would have been sorted, done and dusted, episode four, Happy Larry. Granted, it would not have made for such good telly. Everyone loves a bit of sex drama. That is why no one wants to make a show of my life, currently lacking both. The whole avoiding each other and eye contact or like, oh, did she touch my hand? Did she not? Not really saying what they really feel. I just find it, the whole thing, baffling. Ask any man who I have attempted to court I have to have all intentions out on the table. Everything has to be set. Every little niggle or whatever. Just let's chat about it. Like to have everything crystal clear. This is probably why I don't get gentlemen callers. Well, that's not true. But they do turn up in a van. And the gifts they bring me, I actually ordered and paid for. One such Amazon driver walked past the window as one of these marital acts was taking place, I was mortified. And then even more so when he declined my offer to stay for tea. One of the best bits about Bridgerton is the unknowing of how babies are made. Like the ladies have no idea and it's a huge part of the show, but it's such a hard thing to wrap our heads around that they were just kept in the dark and forced to stay pure and naive and unknowing as to this whole thing, you know, the deed. <laughs> I myself am annoyingly naive and innocent, having been raised by a Catholic mother. But the two characters, Penelope and Eloise, who tried to suss out how women could possibly catch being pregnant when she is not married. And they're the two that actually want to like pursue an education and think that women should do more. How does a lady come to be with child? I thought one had to be married. 
and then the perfect explanation from the brother have you ever visited a farm and he gets like slapped around the head I really did enjoy the show I am quite taken with the manner of speaking as you can tell but it was very porn-esque and that is all I shall say on the matter this week I also created a Twitter account for the podcast. No idea how Twitter works or what you do with it or why. Apparently you can like tweet at people and everyone sees it and I don't really get it. Surely there's just too much out there. But yes, my username is Ms. Auntie Anna. If you would like to tweet me. God, I'm so rubbish at all of this stuff. It's such a millennial downfall of mine. But this week it was actually pancake day. I hope you managed to get a bit creative and feast out on pancakes. I for one, <laughs> golly, I really can't stop this incessant posh word vomit. I like totally like lemon and sugar pancakes. They're like so totally my favorite, yeah. So like I'm such a hashtag basic bitch. Oh, that was too much the other way, wasn't it? I'm actually recording this on Wednesday, so it's the first day of Lent. And instead of giving something up for Lent this year, which has such like mental negative connotations, I'm going to pick something up for Lent. So I want to meditate every day, like two minutes tops, because I'm very busy. And I want to cook from recipes at the weekends. I think we tried to do this a little bit during the week but we just got a bit bored of it basically at the weekend you have way more time and it'd be really lovely to try something try out some new recipes a good little stoicism trick when setting resolutions or goals is on the end of them add the phrase if circumstances shall allow it this way something in your life happens that can't be helped which throws you off your game and you don't have to beat yourself up about it because it was out of your control so like I will read every single day if circumstances shall allow it but what happens if you were planning on reading in the evening and then there's a power cut and you can't see that's not your fault don't beat yourself up about it love yeah I'd love to hear what you guys are planning on giving up or maybe I've inspired you to take something up Maybe you'll take up sharing podcasts with your friends and family. Maybe. Anxious Man, Notes on a Life Lived Nervously by Josh Roberts. So this is a book that I have come across. I actually came to hear about it from my sister. So I'm passing on the recommendation to you. Although if my advice is not compelling enough perhaps that of Stephen Fry is. He is quoted saying a magnificent account of a descent into a maelstrom of anxiety so truthful, bold, clear, candid and convincing. I thoroughly enjoyed this book and Josh's open and bold honesty is inspiring and comical. Although my anxiety takes on an utterly different form as to his, it is really comforting to know that those strange, frustrating things that tip you into turmoil that you think only happen to you and life is unfair, why is this happening to me, actually manifest in different ways in lots of other people too. It was interesting to learn Josh's story and the experiences he had. 
I don't want to go into too much detail and ruin the surprise. You really should check it out yourself. But I wanted to read a short segment that I think perfectly shows how Josh is honest about his anxiety journey, but still thinks these serious matters can be discussed in a lighthearted and comical way, as long as we are actually talking about them. So he had just got diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. And he was doing a bit of research online, as everyone does when they first get a diagnosis. So I cast the net a little wider and very quickly found myself in the weird and woeful world of mental health forums. What fresh hell that was. Don't get me wrong, I love the internet. If anything, I love it too much. It's just not very good at fixing mental health problems. Trawling the internet to cure an anxiety disorder is like trying to extinguish a fire with petrol. Or like trying to save a drowning person with a lead life belt or whichever laboured metaphor you prefer. The point is, far from making me better, ingesting other people's misery made me much, much worse. It only gave me more things to worry about, maybe, like at Maria underscore P foretell, I'd develop an eating disorder too. Or I could become addicted to sleeping pills, like at Wilma Wanders. Or I could acquire a substance abuse problem like at Magic Mark 21. The book is also available in audio form, which is actually how I chose to listen to it. Um, my sister said that the voice really brought it to life and obviously it's Josh speaking it himself. So you really get to know and connect with the author. And I'd actually not left the house for a walk in weeks. I think I'd gone to get food and wine and that was about it. I was feeling utterly useless and not wanting to waste my time getting fresh air and stretching my legs. But this book was something I was really wanting to read so I decided to go on a three hour long walk and listen to Anxious Man as I plodded along. It was lovely. The book the dreaded fresh air I know would be good for me, but didn't want. Even treated myself to a coffee, a highlight of everyone's day. So not only do I want to thank Josh for helping me get off my arse and out of bed, but also wanted to invite him on the podcast. It would be really fantastic to have a conversation where we can discuss mental health and anxieties from different perspectives. Plus, I would love to hear some more funny and embarrassing stories. You might not want to. I've not got a huge following, but it could be a right laugh. If you have anxiety or any other mental health struggles going on in your head, or perhaps you yourself just struggle to understand what anxiety is or feels like, this book could really help you see things differently. Okay, listeners, it is now time to continue along the journal journey. Last week, I left you guys on a cliffhanger about one of the worst cuddle nights ever. And I did this because I have full-on gone author, novelist, best writer ever in this bloody diary. So, settle in, it's story time. Once upon a time, there was a girl, sober and depressed. She really didn't want to go to the ball, but she was looking fucking fit. 
As the night continued on, a Prince Charming offered to cuddle her. Before she could answer, his tongue was down her throat. To impress the damsel, he fought his way through the jokers, getting her to a lovely spot, where he then asked her to wait whilst he strawpedoed VKs with his mates. She was having none of it, so off they went on a horse and carriage. So yeah, this was actually in the SU, Big Up Cardiff SU. And as most unis probably have, there's like sections where people have their spots. So I think, oh, I just didn't know what these people, who these people were, whatever, and so we had to like go through them. And then yeah, classic VGAs. You know. Along their gallant journey back to his castle, he met a priest and they debated over the Lord's written work over hot chocolate. It was a bit fucking weird. So downstairs, outside the SU, there is a table set up with all these pamphlets and two people that are wanting to just discuss religion and I don't really know. Everyone's a bit drunk, so I don't know what conversations they were hoping to have. But my dear Prince Charming wanted to engage in one and they had hot chocolate for everyone. So I was just like quite happy to sip on some chocolate. After they entered his castle, he told tales of his ancestors and discussed where his surname came from. He could not tell me the distant land from which he came. I listened to the epic but tragic history over a cup of tea. But then he put on a snowboarding documentary. We cuddled long into the night, and believe me, he was no gentleman. And I quote, I've never met anyone so resistant to persistence. I have actually bragged about that line quite a few times. Told you I was annoyingly innocent. Eventually, he settled. Not a sound or a peep. That was until I found out he talks in his sleep. Oh my god, the rhyming. He was complaining loudly and going crazy. I actually thought he'd taken some care. <laughs> I did try and soothe him by giving him a little pet. I didn't have a clue what was going on, nor did he. But then things got worse. He started shouting, The tigers are chasing me! No matter what I replied, it did not help. I tried to wake him up with a little nudge, but then he shouts, the pterodactyls are after me! And I'm thinking, is this a fucking joke? As things escalate, I'm thinking, this is not what I signed up for, mate. I hastily got dressed and ran away. What a night to remember, but not for the right reasons. That behaviour at Cuddle Club should surely be high treason. Oh my goodness, I could have been in Bridgerton all along. Good heavens, what would Lady Whistledown think? Yeah, so this guy basically during the night started like shaking and sitting up and then going down and he basically thought tigers were chasing him and pterodactyls were flying after him. And um, yeah, he totally freaked out. And even though I'd like say something, he'd like respond to me, but he'd not like listen. I'd be like, it's okay, just keep running and they won't hurt you. And he'd be like, oh, okay. Oh no, they're back. Yeah. And then actually, drunkenly, another time I did bump into him and I told him this and he was like, yeah, I, I do that a lot. <laughs> oh, so the poor guy. Oh, like parasomnia, like what we were saying in the like third episode. Oh my God. Guys, it's almost like I planned this. I actually really didn't. And I'm sure you'll believe me that nothing of this is ever like professionally planned. <clears throat> 
I really put a lot more into the rhymes towards the end, but it is still written shit. I mean, I clearly thought it was hilarious, but put that in as like a, oh, don't even care. So I clearly did not get my shit together, but I suppose I didn't make things worse. Well, bar my education and love life. You'll be pleased to know I haven't drunk, texted or rang Trevor. Because I woke up from a nightmare about him crying and deleted him off everything. So, you know, silver linings. Yeah, I sometimes, whenever I, I've said, I've talked about my dreams and stuff before. Oh, this is really coming full circle. But no, I really sometimes get confused when I first wake up and they really feel real. And they do tend to be like what I've been thinking about or like the anxiety brain that's been going on. I then dream about and it wakes me up feeling really, really confused. Realistically, I'm not setting goals as I need to just get my work done because I'm just super lazy and don't care enough about it. But since I said that I'd make everything in this book positive, one, I'll find a library bay to perv on. Two, I'm going to New Zealand. And then I've actually spelled New New Zealand wrong and then put, can't even spell it, fucking retard. Well, that was, that was a real journey, that one. So, after that overwhelming story, I think I need to take a little bit of a break from sharing my journal. It's all a bit tragic. So if anyone has any of their stories that they think would be funny or just cheer everybody listening up, we're all idiots we're all twats we're all in this together we may as well laugh together yeah and if we get enough great stories maybe i'll feel a bit more confident to continue reading in the future i really hope you are enjoying my podcast please do share with your family and friends i would love to build the community and work on our virtual support bubble with everything shit in the world right now If you do have something you need turning into a positive, you can email me at youragonyaunt.anna at gmail.com and I will ensure that that shittiness gets turned into pure comical gold. You can also find me on Instagram at your.agonyaunt if you're having a pity party and you would like heaps and heaps of sympathy. And again, Twitter, the Ms. Auntie Anna. Yeah, I don't really know what to do with Twitter. Someone could maybe tweet me instructions. That'd be great. Thank you so much for listening. I've been your Agony Aunt, and I look forward to sharing more with you next time.